and I would say to people listening, yes, I know it. I'm not saying it isn't tough at times, but come on. We've got the opportunity to create beautiful businesses, to live our lives the way we want to live them. If the sun shines and the surf's up, we can turn the phone off and go and catch a few waves. You know, we can go and sit in a cafe and do a bit of work. We have that. I mean, we, you know, let's keep it quiet. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Talking business ownership, the nuts and bolts and everything in between. G'day and welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Was here with you for another episode. We're getting close to 200 episodes. I should plan a big celebration for that, but uh, I'm going to focus on today's episode, Cracker Today. I know I say that a lot, and honestly, I'm pretty proud of the content that, uh, that this show has produced over the last, coming up three years. Can you believe it? Anywho, um, I loved today's episode. Always like chatting to Rob. Uh, I'm actually lucky enough to have the opportunity to appear on his podcast soon. So um, go and check out the Flying Solo podcast. It's one that Rob hosts. And uh, you'll probably hear my dulcet tones. I doubt that. But you'll hear me uh, rabbiting on <laughs> on his podcast Today's episode is all about word of mouth business and how to get more. Word of mouth, referrals, seems to be a bit of a mystery for a lot of people, including me sometimes, but I hear a lot of people say that their business is based on word of mouth, but they can't tell me how the heck they do that. How are they generating word of mouth? It's like just sitting around waiting waiting for it to drop in your lap, or You could listen to today's episode and get a bunch of really cool tips from Rob Gerrish. Used to uh, have his own ad agency in the UK. Sold that to Saatchi and Saatchi. If you haven't heard of them, look them up. One of the world's biggest uh, creative agencies and advertising agencies. Recently sold his uh, latest business to good old Koshy, David Kosh from uh, TV and uh, and Better Business Builders, I think his, his business is called. Sorry, Koshi. Um, I should get Koshi on the show uh, and get his perspective on it. But uh, Robert Gerrish, very cluey man, great writer. He's just released his second book, The One Minute Commute. You should check that out. We talk about that in the episode. But we do dig in pretty deep into how to generate more word of mouth and referral business, and it doesn't have to cost you money. Well, not much anyway. So enjoy this one. I really hope you get some value out of it. I actually learned a few things as well. And I drop a big bombshell in the middle of the episode. I commit to something. It's pretty scary. You'll have to listen to find out what it is. Alrighty, so joining me on today's episode of the Tradies Business Show... I have a, a former guest. I don't get to say that as often as I probably would like, but uh, I have a former guest on the show and um, very excited to talk to today's guest again. Uh, he's just uh, released a book, or second book actually. Uh, welcome back, Rob Gerrish. Thank you so much, Warwick. Look, it's great to be back. It's funny, you know, hearing you say that about it's not often you you uh, sort of welcome a guest back again. You know, I, I, I do a couple of podcasts 
and you've just reminded me I'm the same. You know, <laughs> I don't do it. anyway. I am going to get you back on our podcast if that's right. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of water under the bridge. We were just chatting before yes. I hit record, mate. Uh, mm. uh, I think it's probably uh, it'd be two or three years, maybe three. Yeah, years I'd say it must be getting there. Three, unfortunately, it was early so on. Yeah, because the, the tradies yeah. business show is coming up. To its uh, crikey, three years I think it's just gone three years actually since wow since we kicked this thing off. So uh, there you go, there you go. So give us an update, mate. What's uh, what's been going on in your world? <laughs> crikey, how long have we got? <laughs> well, look, we'll uh, keep it to a forty-five uh, minute episode. Here, yeah, it? okay. Well, look, quite a, quite a lot. I'll um, so basically for those that um, don't know, and that's that's probably a good number of, of people listening. Um, when we last spoke, I was running a business called Flying Solo, which is a community of, of Australian solo businesses, a business that I started about 12 years ago. And I sold that business last year. So at the end of last year, so that was kind of always, um, a plan. And, uh, the plan delightfully came to, uh, conclusion, fruition in the, about November of 2017. So as I talk to you today, I'm sort of footloose and fancy free and, uh, I'm back very much on my own again, which is enormously pleasurable. I mean, not to say that the last dozen years in Flying Solo wasn't all also fantastically good fun. Um, but I'm now back, you know, doing my thing all by my little, little old self again, which is, um, it probably doesn't feel that differently, to be honest, because all the time that we ran Flying Solo, we ran it very much as a kind of collective of individuals that were coming together. Mm. Um, to run that business. So, it, you know, I've always had my home office. I've always had an office in the city and I kind of flip between the two. Um, so, you know, it doesn't feel that different, I guess. I also do a little bit of consulting work to flying solo, still do their podcasts and things. But um, uh, as you mentioned as well, I've, I've knocked out a cheeky book. Um, <laughs> just, last, just, uh, just popped one out, mate. Just, as you do. Well, yeah, it's it's really funny now. I know the purpose of today isn't, really, isn't necessarily to talk about sort of business exits, but gosh, if ever you want to, I had such a good experience um, selling our business. Um, and I know for a number of people listening, you know, they might be sitting there thinking, well, who's going to buy my business? It's only me. Yeah. Um, you know, well, that's kind of who I was a few years ago. It, largely, it was it was kind of it was it was me. Uh, I've always had two good delightful partners but i mean it was a lot of it was centered around me so i gradually kind of designed the business so that i could um slip out the back door and uh you know and i would say to people listening that is possible for you too so you know and the whole process of selling was just gorgeous i loved every minute of it you know people mm. say it's stressful i found it so pleasurable it was just terrific yeah, right. um really good fun and um and i've sold it to koshi you know david kosh from yep. uh People would know him from his Congratulations, TV show. Yeah, thank you. And he's a lovely man, um, and he's got a nice business there, and Flying Seller fits into it really well. So, yeah. But then in this, you know, during the course of selling the business, I was also busy writing, and uh, I've been wanting to write this book, which is kind of, you know, if you recall, I wrote a book called, called Flying Seller in 2005, and that mm -hmm. did pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, and then this book now is kind of all I knew then, plus all I've learned in the last 12 years, um, all about running a business kind of by yourself or with a small team, working largely from a home office. And you know, it's called the one-minute commute. And that the idea is that it's, you know, your commute from your 
your kitchen to your your office Which or I, wherever. I literally did before we started uh, this interview, mate. I, I made the commute from my very hardworking espresso machine to uh, <laughs> to join you on the interview, mate. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yes, it should be called the the, uh, the one minute espresso. But anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, <laughs> that could be the follow up you know, book, Rob. Yeah, maybe it's um. So it's you know it's been a lot of fun doing it, and it and it really kind of focuses your mind. You know, as you would know, when you're when you're creating you know a bulk of content like a book, you know you become so observant. And uh, I quote lots and lots of people from the community, uh, tradespeople, creatives, writers. You know, any anybody working sort of pretty well by themselves, mm. and I refer to and quote a lot of them throughout the book. So we spend a, I spend a lot of time looking at you know, marketing, how to find clients, retain clients, grow your business, um, you know, work productively, work efficiently. And there's a whole chapter on selling your business, not surprisingly. So, mm, mm, some recent uh, experience, been, mate. Yeah, it's been good fun. And look, the lovely thing is, as I speak to you now, just waving it again, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just back from uh, a few days down in Melbourne and um, I was doing some interviews, podcast interviews down there, and it's so nice when you see your book in bookshops. <laughs> it's great for the uh, ego, like, isn't it, mate? It is. Well, it is. It's sad, <laughs> sad but true. And I, I confess I stood there, you know, looking at, you know, watching whether anyone was actually going to buy it whilst I was there. And then I could <laughs> <laughs> I could pounce on them and be a complete plonker. I'm the guy who wrote that. Or you could just sidle but, um, over and say, oh, it's, I've read that book. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah apparently the guy's really cool as well, really. <laughs> no, I resisted all that, but I did sit and gloat for a short moment. And my, but unfortunately, I had my family with me. So my teenage son, he's not about to accept any bullshit from his dad. So yeah, he just yeah. completely ridiculed me, um, <laughs> you know, which is a good thing. Brings you back to earth, doesn't it? Good reality check, mate. Yeah. So you, you uh, talk about the book and you've written one previously. Just, a, I guess, a little um, aside here. I don't know too many mm. tradies that would... Uh, write a book or probably mm. even want to write a book, but what's sure. involved in actually putting it together and what do you, I mean, what are some of the spin-offs that you get out of it other than obviously book sales? Mm. Well, look, that's a great question. There's a, a couple of questions in there. The first thing is um, I'm not going to make myself wealthy selling books. That's the truth of it. You, in particular, I'm writing to a small business book. You know, the last book um, was a became a best seller but frankly to be a bestseller of business books in australia isn't terribly difficult um you know i think you have to sell i think it's four or five thousand copies and that classes as a bestseller in business so you know these the guys i seen will be able to do the math so four or five thousand copies times whatever the author gets which is a couple of dollars mm. you know over a few years it isn't gonna it's You're not, not gonna, gonna get change fat your on life that, no if you were writing you know shades of gray or something <laughs> shades of gray the tradesman's issue um you know yeah you probably do well with that but when you're writing something like this you know business book it's not about the money yep it absolutely isn't uh it's purely for profile you know the thing with uh author you know from author comes the word authority and if you want to become known as an authority in your area then having a book under your belt is a pretty good thing to have now Sure, there's a whole lot of people that are much more skilled than I am who will do lots of events and have piles of books at the back of the room and flog them. Um, I've never been crash hot at doing that. I mean, I love going to events, but I just get all sort of bashful and you know, <laughs> I, I just can't sit. I'll sell a couple every now and again, but I'm not I'm not big in that fun. So it, it really is just a, a profile-raising thing. 
um, gets your scene out there and and hopefully adds a little bit of kind of reinforcement to you know being something of a specialist in an area. But it's interesting when you mentioned uh, about um, your audience tradies writing a book. Well. I would say there would likely be a few people who think, well, maybe I should. Well, I would say if you think you maybe you should, you definitely should. Because um, it's a, it is a wonderful way, particularly if you're really looking at growing a business. If you want mm-hmm. to grow a business that might become, you know, broad and, and uh, very scalable, maybe a franchise, maybe a licensing business, then to have something um, kind of sitting, uh, you know, under that, that really positions you as a, as an expert can be a very good thing to do. The other thing might be, you know, and I'm sure this is something, um, that's, that's very possibly on a list of yours somewhere, you know, writing the ultimate guide to setting up as a plumber or the ultimate guide to setting up as an electrician. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, whatever those kind of books they're very likely to do pretty damn well. Mm. Um, and what, you know, the, the, the point you made is how do you go about doing it? Now, not everybody enjoys writing. You know, I'm, I happen, I have always enjoyed writing. However, when I set about doing this book, I was thinking, how can I do this a bit, little bit smarter? So one thing I did, um, which really worked so well for me, and uh, I'll absolutely share this with any of the people listening because it might work for them, is in this day and age, with um, artificial intelligence, we can babble away into our phones and we can then upload that to a website. There's one called Temi that I use, T-E-M-I, um, that then transcribes that uh, for very, very low cost. If it's a single voice, it's very accurate. It's you know, mm. every bit as accurate as Siri or you know, Google yeah. Voice, whatever. Um, and it will transcribe that and that can give you a sort of rough text. And that's what I did rather than sitting down laboriously, you know, writing with a blank sheet of paper or a blank desktop. What I did was each day I would set myself, I'd sort of mapped out the themes for my book, you know, the chapters, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I went out uh, for a walk, I do a fair bit of walking as I get older. I'm told I'm going to live longer if I do that. So I do it. <laughs> um, I go out with my little, um, I actually had a, a little dictaphone so that I didn't use my phone because I mm-hmm. didn't want to be disturbed by those annoying people that ring you. Yep. Um, so I just took my little dictaphone out. I sort of planted an idea in my mind, gave myself a good strong hit of caffeine, went <laughs> off for a walk, and I would just babble away into my little dictaphone. I then get it transcribed, and that would give me a rough text. Hmm. Now, it's so much easier when you've got sort of 2,000 words, and you'll get 2,000 words if you go and walk for half an hour. Um, you know, it's far easier, I found, to start editing with some rough text than it is to sit there with a blank sheet of paper. Mm. Um, and what it also meant is if I saw something on YouTube or I read an article, again, I could just read the little bits that were relevant, send it off, get it trans- have it transcribed, you know, pretty well instantly. And little by little, I suddenly found myself with, a, you know, admittedly a very rough manuscript. Mm. Um, but it's, as I say, it's easier to work, I found, with a rough manuscript and spend a few hours with, the, you know, listening to some music, headphones on, tidying up a manuscript than it is starting with nothing. Yeah. It's also the sort of thing that you can outsource. You know, you could, I could imagine somebody in their van, babbling away how to set up an electrician's business or whatever it might be um, and then just transcribing it and then maybe sending it to a sub-editor and paying that person 
not a lot of money mm. to tidy it up for you. You know, little by little, you can get a book that um, that you know that that just kind of forms in front of you. So, if anyone listening is thinking of doing it. Just give that a crack because it really. And anyone wants to talk to me about it, I'll tell them even more about how I did it. I'm very happy to do that. Well, I'm I'm standing here and I'm I'm standing up at my uh, sit stand yes. workstation, which I read in your book, mate, about uh, frightening uh, stats. Something like twenty percent uh, reduction in lifespan for men and forty yeah. percent for women for if we sit for six hours a day or something. So, mm. frightening well, tell story. you how stupid I am. I have a stand up desk and I'm sitting and you're back. Sitting <laughs> I, I do find though that I do. I, I, I the only reason I haven't wound it up this morning is I find I don't know whether you do. I do some things better standing, some things better sitting. Yeah. Um, podcasts I generally do standing. Don't ask me why I'm not standing today. I just didn't get around to it. But if I'm writing, which I was prior to talking with you, then I I'm better doing that sitting. But yeah, gosh, if there's one, and that's one of the lovely things about so many of your audience is they don't spend all day sitting down at a desk, which mm. is why they're all going to live forever. So that's brilliant. Mm. Although their, their backs will all be stuffed from uh, the backs bending will be stuffed over and concreting forever. and laying tiles. Uh, <laughs> okay, but I, I was yes. certainly listening to you talk about that that mm. um, innovative way, I guess, uh, that we can use these days to capture a book. Mm. Um, and I'm standing here feeling a little bit guilty, actually, because I've been talking mm. about and dreaming about writing a book mm. for probably the last five or six years, maybe longer, uh, yeah, it's definitely in there, and I I really should just pull my finger out and get it done. Well, you know the thing the thing with that work, well said, and I hope you heard all that. <laughs> you write it down and berate yourself later. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, what I think as well is someone like you, right? You've been a specialist in this area for a number of years now. You sat on both sides of the toolbox, mm. you know, and you must have written and said so much in the last I don't know how long decade, probably, mm. and. You know, if I were, I, I often think about this as a sort of, um, you know, imagine in your, your office door behind you now, if a, if a team of writing police burst through the door with one of those jack, you know, those things, they pound doors open with, <laughs> and they said, get in the corner, Warwick, and they stood you in the corner there, and they went through all your filing cabinets and all your hard drives. The chances are there's 20 or 30,000 words already kicking around your office somewhere. Oh, easily. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're all it's in there. And too often, I think, when people write a book, they think, oh, I've got to start from scratch. You haven't. Mm-hmm. In most cases, you look around, there's so much stuff there already. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd let those writing police in, you know, and just start when you'll find articles you've written, emails you've written, podcast interviews you've given, all these. There is so much stuff. Your book's already there. It's just mm. blowing around your office. Yeah, pretty much. You know? and, yeah, and and that is it. Um, you know, making it all sound so simple, of yeah. course, but you know, it's. <laughs> I'll have the, it done by next week, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's the discipline of pulling it together, and you know, I use lots of old-fashioned tools. You know, maybe because I'm an old boy, I use old Manila envelopes. You know, I chuck ideas in there. Mm. Um, all of those kind of things. And just little by little, you build it all up. And before you know it, you look at it and you go, Christ, I've got a book here. Yeah. Um, now I've got know, to actually really... share it with people. And I think that's the scary yeah. part, isn't it? Oh, well, yes and no. So, and it's, it's, it's interesting, actually. I'm standing here thinking about um, tradies listening to this episode. Mm. And for those that are thinking, well, I'm never going to write a book and I have no mm. interest in writing a book, there's a lot of validity in the um, the comments and the the 
I guess, the strategies here around content creation for trade business owners. I mean, for any business owner, this is universally Mm. applicable. But if you think about, um, well, I think about some of the conversations I have with trade business owners about content marketing, and they're like, well, what the heck is Mm. that? It's like, well, just just write a blog every time you do a cool job for a client or a a horror job, you know? Just go write a blog post about it. Oh, I don't have time to sit down, and I'm terrible at writing. Mm. But Mm. most of them can speak. And yes. all of them have smartphones. Yeah. Uh, I use a service called Rev. I don't know how it compares to... Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not a bad one. The one that I'm you've talked that. about, Rob. But, yeah. uh, but you know, it's it's like talking to your phone. Yeah. And, you know, Absolutely. imagine you're talking to your best mate or your dad or something. It's like, hey, yeah. g'day, just finished a job at Smith Street. Uh, you know, another example of someone doing something themselves and making a meal of it and blah, blah, blah. And then mm. get that transcribed, bang a couple of photos into it, and there's a blog post. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, I, I've quite recently spoke at a um, conference. You know, you you would uh, know Kate Toon, yes. and she runs a, a big copywriting group and a copywriting conference. And I and I spoke at that conference a few weeks ago. I think I think 140 writers or so, lovely people. Um, you know, there are so many people that can write, and so many of us who think we can't. Mm. Um, and and a lot of these writers, and you can find them, you know, if you just Google copywriters or society of editors or you look at Upwork, there's so many places where you can find people who not only are good at it, but they love doing it. And they're not, they don't have to cost a fortune. That's right. You know, somebody who can't write will spend, uh, you know, a day writing their LinkedIn profile. And they'll think, well, I can't afford to pay anyone because I'm not going to pay someone eight hours. What they don't realize is someone who can write won't take eight hours writing a LinkedIn profile. They'll knock it out in 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's the thing. And your, your, your idea there, that's a perfect thing. It's just babble away into something and then find yourself. Have as part of your team somebody who you can send that to on a daily, weekly, fortnightly basis who will be willing to knock what you've got into shape. Mm. And there are plenty of people that do that. There's as many people love writing as all of us do love what we do, you know? Yeah. And right. um and I think if content to anyone listening, if content is an important thing, if Warwick or people like him are constantly in your ear going, Why aren't you writing content? Why aren't you writing? then, you know, make it make today the day that you you stop saying no to that. But go an easier way. Just do exactly as you said, Warwick. Babble into your phone saw someone who can um, knock it into shape for you, and there you go. You've, you've got yourself some content. And once you start, as you would know, once you start and you see what it does for you, it, it just you know becomes addictive. It's fantastic. Mm. So I, I want to talk a bit more about the book, um, mm. The One Minute Commute. And uh, I must admit, when I, when I read the title, I instantly thought of another series of books with one minute in, which I won't reference mm. too heavily just in case there's any... <laughs> No, not at all. Look, that's exactly why it's called that. We're riding on the back of the One Minute Manager. Okay. Um, (laughs) I didn't want to get you in trouble or anything, Robert. No, no, no secret at all. What that this title of this book is is not my. I have no claim to fame there. My publisher came out with that. I had a really silly title. Okay. Um, I Mine was called Soul Trading. I think S O U L, which I thought was very clever. And they said, well, it is very clever, but no one understands it. No one's going to buy it. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, if it's, you know, bad my, for my, marketing. Exactly. My view of the world is: listen to the people that actually know what they're doing. I can write the book, but I'm not going. I'm not a book 
sale seller. I'm not mm. a book marketer. Mm. So if your publisher says to you, that's a stupid title, what about this title? I'm going to say yes. They could have called it. Uh, my view is if it's going to help sell more books, then call it what you like, mm. you know, within reason. Well, I, I mean, like most it. books these days have got fucking the title and that, that seems to make <laughs> a lot, but like, oh, thankfully they didn't come up with any ideas with that. <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, I'm so I'm uh, yeah, no, that I'm happy with that name. That was their name and and it was cool. intentional that it's it's got a you know, people look at it and go, oh, I think I might have heard of that. Well, you haven't actually, but you have heard of the one the one yeah. manager. Well, it did it did strike that uh hmm. that familiarity chord with me and yes. I'm, I'm very familiar yeah. with the one minute manager series obviously being a business yeah. coach, but yeah. uh I was like, "Huh, oh, that's kind of clever because then it was like, mm. oh, I'm already familiar with this book." Yeah. I uh, think it's kind of clever, but it's n- no thanks to me, I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I do want to ask you, uh, I guess, ask some questions around marketing mm. and, and marketing sure. for small business owners. Obviously, mm. you, you founded Flying Solo and has have, um, by the sounds of it, quite successfully exited that business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually come from a marketing and advertising background. I mean, you, you yep. sold your – was it an agency you sold to Saatchi and Saatchi? Yes. Yes, that was that was a – thousand years ago but yes. <laughs> um so one of the things that i find uh well small businesses generically but obviously you know we're talking to trade business owners here and that's my mm-hmm. my specialty and my passion is generally they find marketing a little mysterious and mm. um a bit of a black art well that's what they think yeah. it is yeah. um you know we, we've just touched on content marketing mm. I, I, i'm keen to get your um i guess insight into you know from an experienced marketing person looking at a trade business what yeah. are some of the tactics or, or broader strategies that they really mm. should be thinking about in their business yeah well look, that's it that's a great question i'm really pleased you've asked it because I, I feel really strongly about this um you know i'd i'd clearly I, you know i live in a home i'm in it now and um on a fairly regular basis it's like a 1930s home so i've probably got a a tradesman coming in here every every few weeks <laughs> repairing something that I've bodged or whatever. Yeah, so, that's usually you know, the story. Yeah, and, you know, I live in a part of Sydney where there's always development going on, so there's white vans hurtling up and down all the time. Mm. And being a home-based business, you know, when I go out for my walk, I'm desperate to talk to somebody, so I, I invariably end up talking to, you know, tradies that are here and around. So it's it's a market I know I and I enjoy, and I do observe some things that marketing. I think one of the key things is, I mean, look, taking content and SEO and all of those, I'm going to park all that to one side because um, I'm sure that's something that you cover in great detail and it's something that people listening will know about. But where I still feel the biggest opportunity is or the biggest kind of the leak, if you like, where people are missing out on opportunity is again a little bit more old school than that. And maybe it's because in my, I'm in my sixties that I feel more comfortable in this space, but I still believe it to be true. I think, and that is word of mouth. Word of mouth is by far the greatest source of business for people in our sort of space. You as an independent professional, me as an independent professional tradespeople. Mm. You know, that no matter what else we do, word of mouth is the thing that if we do it right is going to keep ticking over. Whilst SEO and content are doing all the things they do, word of mouth is still there. But we don't, we we just don't do enough with it, mm. you know. And too often, I fear 
that in our businesses, and I'll think of this from a, from a tradesman's perspective, is when we finish a job, we get the hell out of there and we get on to the next job. Yep. You know, it's like often by the time you finished it, it's like enough already. I've seen enough of that family. I've crawled around on the floor of that house long enough. I'm gone, you know, and we go on to the next job. Um, but what we leave behind us is is an opportunity, and I think it's an opportunity that we could do more with than we do. And I'll give you, and some of this I'm pretty sure I spoke to you about the first time. But for example, from the minute somebody arrives in my home, and and I'm using the instance of of doing being a tradesperson at home, which I'm I'm sure would cover a large percentage mm. of your your Absolutely. audience. You know, when you come into someone's home, you're coming into their into their personal space. So the first thing I'm interested in is is it really how you present yourself to me, to my wife, to my child. What sort of care and attention do you pay to my home? You might even find it in your heart to say something like, "What a lovely home," or "I love that picture," or "You know, how's your young man getting on at school?" Or any just something that makes me feel comfortable. That yeah. This per- I'm happy to have this person in my home. Mm. Um, so I think that's really an important thing is the relationship starts the minute you pick up your phone, really, the minute an inquiry comes in there. And that's where I think word of mouth, you know, I'd, I, I can't think of really many weeks or certainly many months going by when someone doesn't say to me, have you got a good electrician or have you got a good plumber or have you got a good painter, you know, it's what happens in communities all the time. People are always asking, do you know? And the first thing you think when you go to respond to that is not so much about price, which is what a lot of us get mistaken about. We think it's we have to be cheap, or some people think that. Yep. When, you, when somebody asks me if I know someone, I'm thinking, okay, whoever I put forward, I've got to be confident that they're going to walk through this, that person's home and be nice and decent to them. So a couple of years ago, I had an electrician here. Frankly, I was that close to reporting him to the police for being a guy who I thought to be mighty suspicious in every respect. I couldn't wait to get the guy. You know, just the energy of the guy, I won't get into detail, but I couldn't wait to get him out of my home. I didn't want to leave him alone with my wife and child. Um, Anyway, that was an exceptional case. But, um, you know, I've got a painter, Steve, where I haven't seen Steve uh, for seven or eight years. If he walked up to my front door now, I'd be delighted to see him. Mm. You know, it's Mm. that sort of thing. And when, when people ask you for a referral, you've got to think, Am I, do I feel safe referring this person? Because generally speaking, every electrician can do a good job. Every plumber can do a good job. Every painter can do a good job. You know, it's not about how good the job is so much as how the people carry themselves. How right. rely, if they say they're coming at 10, are they going to come at 10 or does the whole house have to wait for an hour and a half whilst you finish off another job? You know, am I going to have to spend an hour cleaning up after you've gone or are you going to do that for me? So word of mouth is a really key thing. And I think as tradespeople, what we can be doing is making more of that and following up more. You know, it's too too often the case is we finish the job and we bugger off. Mm. What we can be doing is actually getting back in touch, just, you know, not in an, in a, in a, in an uncomfortable or obnoxious way. And this is something that maybe your spouse or your partner or your friend could do is just following up going, hey, I know Steve was in your house last week. You're happy with the job? Is everything done okay? You know, is there anything you'd like? Would you like the paint numbers that we use or anything like that? Just a little follow-up is so special. Mm. You know, I quote in the book um, a bit of research by a guy called um, John Gatorno from um, University of Queensland. Mm -hmm. 
And he discovered that the main reason that people stop using a business is for a thing that he called perceived indifference. And 68% of people stop using a, a business or, or an independent, you know, a, a contractor. They stop using them because of perceived indifference. And what that means is perceived indifference means I don't think this person gives us stuff. Yep. I don't think this person cares. And if, and that's a pretty sad reason for losing a customer because that customer just doesn't think you care. So if you walk away leaving a mess, doing a bit of a bodge that in your heart you know is a bit of a bodge and that someone's going to see it at some point, then that's a customer you're never going to hear from again. Mm. And 68% of customers leave a business because of perceived indifference, not because you're a little bit more expensive, not because um, you know, you've, you've, you've not done the, the right sort of job, but because it just looks like you don't care. Yeah. So it's not difficult to show we care. It's not difficult. Caring is about um, paying a bit of interest, is um, cleaning up after yourself, is possibly doing a follow-up, is doing a little bit more maybe than you would you were asked to do, like removing the waste from the job, mm. you know, rather than just ramming it in the wrong recycling bin or doing, mm. you know, that or burying it under the garden and having no one that sort of stuff. Mm. You know, um, those are the things that make a real difference and. Anyway, I'm kind of running on a bit here because my coffee was very strong. But uh, <laughs> that would be my main thing is is just word of mouth. Gosh, if, if you can just do more with that, you know, follow up more, pay a bit more attention, that's that's just the way to go. You know, it seriously is like, you know, Steve, my painter, um, I call him my painter, so he hasn't been in here for a number of years, but he's made contact, you know, because he knows that when he painted this house, hopefully it won't show up in a year, you know, <laughs> that um, five or six years later of having, you know, young kids in the house, it's probably due for a bit of a makeover. Well, it is. So, Steve, if you're listening, get in touch, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm hot to trot. But, you know, but he does, he's made contact. He sends me a card. Um, he does those sorts of things, you know. It's small gestures can have a really big impact. It's such a great point, and it's something that I um, challenge uh, tradies on when I work with them, and even when I don't, is mm. you know, when they start to measure their their uh, inquiries and where they come from. And I, I had this recently with a panel beater client of mine. Mm. Uh, you know, got him to track his leads or his inquiries, and the the large proportion, I think it was something like sixty or seventy percent of his inquiry, he noted down as word of mouth. And I said, mm. so where is that coming from? Like, mm. whose word of mouth? Is that from mm. customers? Is it from other trades? Like, wh where is it coming from? How is yep. that being generated? What are you doing to, you know, get more of that and actually thank the people that, that you're getting mm. that from? And he said, totally. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And That's I mean, the thing. Yeah. He, he gets a lot of referral business from car dealers when mm. you know they take delivery of a new car, the staff you know damage it in the yard, um, and it yeah. happens more often than than you would think. Uh, mm. And so they urgently send these cars around for him to patch up little dings in the doors and that sort of stuff before the customer takes delivery. And I said, pick the top five that send you the most work. Go get some pizzas from your mate's cafe, um, and just drop down around there one Friday with enough pizzas totally. for all the sales staff and everything. So like, yep. hey guys, just thanks for the business. He yep. sent me a message back. He's like. 
Mate, that was the best idea. They were just blown away and said, look, we, we would have given you the work anyway, but thank you so yep. much, you know. Absolutely. That, uh, that's, that's a brilliant idea. That's a brilliant idea. And look, it's, um, my father was in the most of business, so um, I know about <laughs> damaging cars. cars. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I was the one that damaged a few of them. But, yeah, you're, you're so right. And, you know, I think things like, uh, you know, that if you've got a case there where you've got, you know, a dealership, that you know is bringing you good business. And the mm. other thing is, you know, often what we will say as marketing people say, well, you need to go and, you know, pitch up and see that dealership. And, and uh, you know, our customers or clients go, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And, of course, they never do that because they don't know how to do that. Yeah. But one way is to just go in with one of your junior staff, someone who's just joined your business, and say, right, come with me, mate. We're just going to go and have a look around, you know, our local Holden dealer. And all you do is you go onto the forecourt, you go and see the salesman, you go, look, if you wonder what we're doing, I've just got this, you know, my young guy's just joined me and I just want to show him some of the typical little bits of damage that appear on cars mm. just to give him a bit of an insight into how, you know, how things work. And just walk. So, you know, whilst you're there, the sales manager sees you, all the sales teams see you, the service manager sees, what are those pal beers doing there? What are they doing on site? And what, what you're doing is you're walking around, you're being seen yeah. and you're pointing to things and then, and you know, one of the one of the the business that I sold years ago, the um, to Saatchi and Saatchi, this was in a time when it was in a sort of design and uh, promotions business, and these were in the days when you created artwork on big bits of board. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't digital; nothing was digital. And one of the things I used to do, if ever we were a bit quiet, is I'd take my big um, sort of um, oh, I forget what they're called, but like a plans case. It was like a big A one, big big document bag with nothing in it. And I go to my main client, who's a big brewery client who had a number of brands. And I literally just walk up and down the corridors where all the product managers were working. And, you know, when you walk past one person's office, they all assume that you're picking up a job from one of their, I wasn't picking a job, a job from anybody, but I just go there with my empty thing and I just walk up and down the corridors. I'd stop at the coffee machine, have a coffee and Every single time I did that, what it did was it showed people, oh, there's that guy, Robert, from that company. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember a time when someone didn't say, uh, oh, just the man. Can he come in and quote on this sort of job? <laughs> I'd always come back with a job. But, I mean, there were probably times when I didn't. But even when I didn't, I always came back having had two or three conversations and reminding people that I'm here. Now, a couple of years ago, we could do that with emails. Mm. But these days, every man and his dog is doing it with emails. An mm. email is, you know, dying a very slow death, I think. People don't look at it because it's too intimidating. But turning up in person, as you said, sending pizzas or just appearing on the spot. Hey, I'm just here with one of my staff. Just want to show him the job that we did. Just want to show them the gutters that we fitted on your house. You know, it's fantastic. All the neighbors see it. Everyone else sees it. Brilliant. You know, the other thing I would also say is things like that with gutters, anything that's external, is just drop a flyer around every house that you can walk to within 10 minutes saying, hey, in case you're wondering why number four looks so shiny, because I've just painted it. Yeah. And I'll be back here next week if you want me to quote on your place. These are simple, simple steps. Yeah. Um, but the things that make a real difference. And I talk about it. In the book, fancy that. (laughs) I was wondering if we could work another plug in there for the book, Roy. (laughs) But I do, I'm sort of stuck on this word of mouth thing because it is such a a big area that I think baffles people. The Mm. question that often comes up is, well, how do I get more word of mouth business? If Mm. it's so powerful and so valuable to my business, Mm. 
how do I get more of it rather than just have it yeah, as a okay. spontaneous thing? Well, that's that's a good question. I've got an answer for you. The thing with word of mouth is what most people do is that we just sit around and wait for the phone to ring and, and you know, go, oh, word of mouth, that was nice, thank you. But we can do stuff to accelerate it. And I do go through a whole little path in in the book, but let me give it to you now so you can save yourself 30 bucks. Um, the thing with word of mouth is that uh, we absolutely can accelerate it and we can do it in a number of ways. One of the things is that often what happens, well, let me just backtrack. The best way to think about this is there are, if you think about people around you now, there are some people that you know are really strong supporters of what you do. You know, you kind of feel their warmth. Whenever you meet them or talk with them, you kind of feel their warmth. I feel it from you, Warwick, and I hope you feel it from me. I will always talk about you if it's relevant, mm. and I know you talk about me because you've opened doors for me already. Mm. So, and if anyone in business, if you stop and have a think, you, there will be people around you now that are what I would call advocates for you. They're not necessarily past customers. They might be friends. They might be family. They might be people you meet at the school pickup. They might be an old mate from school. There are a group of people who you know are always helping you when they can. So they are your advocates. Mm. They're the people to concentrate on because those are the people who are already doing it for you. So the first thing you can do is maybe have a barbecue one Sunday and just invite those five or six or ten people around and go, hey, guys, in case you wonder why you're all here, you're here and I bought the luxury sausages today <laughs> because I want to thank you because every one of you has helped me in my in this you know first five years or first two years of my business and I just want to get you here and say thank you very much. And mm. if you've got more people you can nudge my way, please do. Ideally, they will live within a five-kilometer radius and they'll blah, 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 mm -hmm. give them your, your spiel. Yep. That's the first thing to do. But then within uh, sort of just outside that group are another group of people that like what you do, but they're not actually referring for you. But you can sense that, you know, they're supportive of you, but they're not doing anything for you. And one of the reasons they don't is these are the people that when they say, how are you going, Warwick? You go, oh, beauty, mate. Everything's fantastic. Couldn't be better. That's what we tend to do, you know, we, to these nice people. We go, oh, everything's great. Really busy. What we could be saying to help accelerate word of mouth a little bit is saying, everything's going really well. I'm just looking for three more houses to paint in the next two weeks or the next two months. If you happen to know anyone, please nudge in my way. We can ask people. Mm -hmm. The mistake a lot of businesses make is we ask for referrals with people we've hardly met. You know, And that's a bit like asking a woman if you can kiss her when you've literally just met her in a queue for a bus. You know, it's kind of, Have you tried that guys. before, Ruth? might have done but um, <laughs> you know we have to the relationship has to be in the right place but what yeah. businesses often do is they're clumsy with asking for referrals mm -hmm. and so it doesn't work they get a bad reaction and then they think right i'm never doing that again but that's not the way we should be doing it. what we should be doing is looking at where the relationship is mm -hmm. how you know how well do people know what we do how well how comfortable do we feel with them and when it's when they're fans or advocates, then we can say, "Hey, I wonder if you could help me. I'm looking for these sort of people." Yeah. And if you've got people outside of that, you know, who aren't as close to you as that, well, then the job there is to get a bit closer to them, you know, and just say, "Hey, um, just wondering. I can see that um, you could maybe do with a bit of paint work on your house. Not, I'm not pitching for the work here. I just wanted to give you some advice. If you ever want me to come over, just give you an idea of, um, you know, the sort of finishes and things you could have." You know, I'll be in the street all week. I'm very happy to pop by and have a chat with you. Mm. 
Mm. You know, that sort of thing will draw people closer. And in our business, that's our job. Get more people into the center, fans and advocates. Yep. That's how to accelerate word of mouth in a, in a, that's a brief summary anyway. No, that's awesome. What we can do. And look, I'll, uh, I'll admit to being, I think I do a reasonable job with my, my fans, you know, the people in that core group that you mentioned, uh, because I do get referral business and it's predominantly where most of my business comes from. But as I enter more of the, the digital space and probably a bit of a late entrant, to be honest, of, yep. um, email marketing and webinars and all those sorts of things, mm. because I'm passionate about touching more people and helping more tradies. Yeah. Um, I think I don't do as good a job of that mm. next layer out of, you know, the people who know me but don't actively refer to me. Yeah. Um, I don't really ask them or, you know, connect with them as well as I could. So, mm. uh, I mean, that's part of the reason I've started, I've started a little secret, oh, not a secret group, a, a closed group for tradies because yeah. I just, I want to start talking to more people in that way. And yeah. I think, uh, and look- yeah. Look, I, I'm delighted that I've got you to confess in front of, <laughs> in front of a live audience. And you're not alone. You know, I mean, I stand here as, as if I've got all this nailed. I haven't at all. You know, I know I could do a lot better than that. But, you yeah. know, it's really interesting. Yeah. Like even, you know, when, 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 did I, did I written a new book? When this, um, <laughs> when this new book came out, you know, I bought, because that's the only thing when you've got a publisher, you've got to buy your own copies. I bought a number of copies from my publisher. About 4,000. And I sent them out to, to my fans. Mm-hmm. Like I sent about, uh, I think I've sent 15 or 18 so far. Just to people I thought, you know, who haven't I spoken to for a while? Mm. So I've sent them out over the last couple of weeks. And I've been getting the most beautiful responses back from people, um, one of which is likely to turn into a very lucrative speaking gig hmm. um, and probably wouldn't have done if I hadn't reminded them that I still have a heartbeat and I'm still alive. Um, but, you know, these are the things that we can do. And, hmm. um, you know, again, is is if, like, as you're saying, word of mouth is, um, is can be an issue – well, you know, next time you go into a bookshop, I'm not going to make some corny suggestion that you buy a load of my books, but there'll be a box of books over on one side that are reduced to $5 a copy, or you'll see those big bookstalls in, you know, supermarkets that are selling books like that. Mm. If you see something and you think, I know someone who could benefit from that, whether it's to do with your work or relationships with teenagers or relationships with the opposite sex or or cooking, you know, on a budget or, you know, if you just gobble up that stuff and send it to them going hey walked through the shop last week saw this book on cooking indian food i know you're a real fan um there you go mate you know i just thought i had to get it for you it's a little gesture it might cost you 10 bucks but if it leads into a referral that will give you a speaking gig or a column in a newspaper or whatever you know that's a good investment absolutely and that so we don't have to generate all this stuff ourselves we just have to keep those people front of mind who are the people that that uh, are already supporting me and how can i better support them you mm. know that's the key because far easier as we both know far easier to grow our business with the people already around us than to constantly be pursuing new people oh, it's you know? expensive time consuming yeah time consuming got to get to no uh, uh, uh. yeah you know whereas if somebody says um, see Dave, he's a guy who'll fix up your plumbing. You know, job done. You walk up the door, the door's open. Do you want a cup of tea, Dave? You're onto the job. None of this chatting up and doing all the all the spiel. You don't have to do any of that when you've been referred. It's all the doors. It's all open for you. 
That's right. That's Brilliant. right. Such great advice, mate. Now, I hear you've written a book, Robert. So, mate, any, any, I guess, like from the author's perspective, I'm always curious uh, when someone writes a book, do you have like a part of the book that you're proudest of or that that is the most personal bit of the book where it's like, you know, I really wanted that to be in the book? Is there, is there mm. a part of the book like that for you? The one minute commute? Gosh, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, look, I think what I like most about the book is I've really enjoyed writing it. Okay. And um, somebody has already said to me that um, what they enjoy from reading it is it sounds like just having a conversation with me. Mm. That's what I love the most, um, mm. is the fact that I've succeeded, I believe, in writing the kind of book that I would like to read, in that it's not difficult. I mean, I'm you know, every day of my life for the last 15 years, I've been involved in small business. And I, whenever anybody says, oh, he's a business expert, I wince because I think, really? Is that who I am? Yeah, yeah. You know, because I don't consider myself to be any kind of business. I just love people and I love creative pursuit of kind of work and life. That's what I enjoy. And the fact that I've been able to write this in a way that I've really enjoyed writing it and I think people enjoy reading it that's what I'm proudest of, you mm. know, is because, you know, on my tombstone, it's not going to say anything about, he wrote the one minute commute, you know. Who, <laughs> Hopefully who not anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's, but um, I like the fact, I, I like the fact that I've enjoyed it, that I think um, people can sort of hear my smile as they read it. Um, I did a talk recently where somebody said um, at the end of it, uh, it was like watching a stand-up comedian. I loved that. <laughs> Uh, not saying that I am that funny, but uh, I love that one person at least thought I was. Your son probably you know, doesn't think so. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, he'll read that one day, poor little bugger. And, uh, and I, you know, I think he, he gets a mention in them all the times in his life. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I think that's the thing is I, I enjoy it because it's a true reflection of who I am. I haven't written it thinking if I write this, I'm going to flog a lot. I've written it thinking I, I just wrote what I wanted to write. I showed it to a publisher kind of half-heartedly. And uh, to my total surprise, the publisher, uh, Pam McMillan, said, yeah, we'll publish that. Oh, hmm. bloody hell, really? Okay. You know, so that's what I'm most proud of is it's, it is, it's, it's, it's not written to order. It's written the way I want to write it, you know. Well, I, I would certainly echo that, Rob, and, uh, and I happen to have a copy here too, mate. But yes. uh, um, as I was reading it, it was like speaking to you. Or, or listening mm. to you speak, you know, you, you write mm. as as you speak. Um, but the content is is great as well, and I love uh, some of the myths that you bust in here uh, around, you know, basically, I guess small business, but um, mm. you know what tradies would often refer to as being a sole trader, uh, mm. which so many of them are. Um, and there's yeah. some great myths in here about you know real work happens in real offices and mm. um you know work being all about money and bigger is better and all those sorts of things yeah. so um some great stuff in there mate and, and thank you well, is it, it was just finally on that it was interesting i was on uh, i was luckily invited to be on uh, channel 10 breakfast show a couple of weeks ago and um and the uh, woman who introduced me came out with this this story that everybody has that everybody in small business you know, we're all struggling and it's hard work and we work 12 hours a day and all weekend. And I just, I, 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 
I, I just so disagree with that. I know that I'm not suggesting that some people listening are not doing it tough. I know mm. business is not easy, but this, this perception that, um, that running a small business is the hardest thing you've ever done. I just think, you know, when I go down, I don't live too far from Bondi Beach. When I go down there, if I manage to skive off in the afternoon for a walk, there's an awful lot of white vans parked on the side <laughs> and an awful lot of guys out on surfboards yeah. who really ought to be working. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I, just, I, look at, I think, I'm sorry, but yes, I know business can be tough, but it doesn't have to be tough. No. If we do things right, we can and should enjoy our businesses so that when we get home after a day's work we're we're a nice person to be around you know for a while when i was in a corporate job when i got home at night you know i'd practically sort of push my children aside so i could get the beer out of the fridge faster mm. and um and then start to become a human again since i've run my own business i've never been like that mm. you know and i would say to people listening yes i know it's i'm not saying it isn't tough at times but come on we've got the opportunity to create beautiful businesses to live our lives the way we want to live them. If the sun shines and the surf's up, we can turn the phone off and go and catch a few waves. You know, we can go and sit in a cafe and do a bit of work. We have that. I mean, we, you know, let's keep it quiet. um, (laughs) Don't tell everybody, mate, they'll all be doing it. No, but you know, we can and should do those things. And, and I believe if, if we're not living that sort of life now, then we need to have a, a fresh look at it and, you know, spend 30 bucks on my book. If it doesn't do what you want it to do, send me a note and I'll send you your money back. Um, I will because I, I believe it will help. And uh, and that's the thing. That's the message I want to get out there is if you're not enjoying the little business you're running, then we need to change things. Well, I think you've wrapped that up nicely. Rob, I think that's a perfect place to uh, to finish our chat, mate. I I, um, okay. I usually ask the whole you know thousand tradies in a room one piece of advice, and I think you've just very eloquently uh, okay. communicated that. So, uh, mate, you. any any final uh, you know parting shots you want to make? It. I mean, you know, parting words well, of wisdom you want to make with? Yeah, uh, the traders? final one is I just like um, in front of witnesses, just your commitment. Warwick, when you're going to get your first draft done, mate? <laughs> Come on, well, come I turned on. I turned forty five yesterday as we record this, uh, so maybe uh, I'll commit to before my forty sixth birthday, mate. I'll give myself sixty four days. How's that? You heard it here first, yeah. <laughs> and it's on video too. I've started doing a video of of my podcast, mate. So yeah. thank you for submitting yourself to to that process. <laughs> it's what- a pleasure. Look, it's been great work. Thank you so much, and I definitely would like to uh, get you back on on the Flying Solo podcast. It's a deal, so. mate. It's a deal. Now, Let's just just quickly before you go, if yeah. if people are listening to this and it's like, oh, I I, I want to get a copy of this fantastic mm. book that these guys have been talking about, mm. what's the best way to do that and also to learn more about you, Rob? Oh, you mean this book? Um, yes. Well. <laughs> They can uh, happily, um, any good bookshop has, has uh, pretty well definitely got copies at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's called The One Minute Commute. If you can't find it there, uh, if you Google it, um, I know it's available on, on Booktopia and I think Amazon have got it now as well. Nice. Um, or if you head to my website, which is robertgerrish.com, uh, you'll find links there um, where you can buy it. So, yeah, look, all good bookshops. And very shortly, no doubt, copies in St. Vinny's, but that might take a while. <laughs> That'll be once mine comes out, mate. Yeah, and libraries, <laughs> actually. Libraries have bought a few copies. so you can, And there's even one coming out with big type for people of my age. So. Great. So no excuse not to read no the one-minute commute. No. I haven't got an audio version yet, but I will, I'm working on it. Read by somebody uh, sultry and very attractive, I'm sure. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. 
<laughs> well, mate, pleasure as always talking to you, Robert. We really should yeah, do this more worried. often, mate. Thanks, mate. And uh, All right. great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Cheers. See you. Well, there it is. How'd you go? Did you get some value out of that? Were you thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds like me? Or were you like me, thinking, oh, I need to commit to something and do it on air on a national podcast so that thousands of people can keep you accountable? So uh, I've started working on my book. Not. I'm still trying to work out what to do. But uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. I have committed to do it in the next 12 months. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. But if you would like to get some more stuff, some more value, some more tips, ideas, feedback from real life people, it's great that you listen to the podcast and you get value from this. But you could actually get some live conversation happening Head over to Facebook. I know you love it. Everybody does, apparently. And even if you don't, it's part of life. So head over to Facebook. Search groups. So search in the groups part of Facebook for tradies in business. Super, super simple. Tradies in business. It's a group in Facebook. Go and request to join. And you know what? Good old was will approve your request automatically. If you say, I listen to the show, I'll just approve you straight away without grilling you with a thousand questions. How's that? Head on over to the group, jump in there, intro yourself, and you can start talking to other tradies. Uh, I'm hanging out in there, answering questions, posting content. Uh, people like Rob are joining up, and uh, you, you're getting access to other experts in their fields. Uh, people like, you know, James from Bill Chaser are in there, so our previous episode. So yeah, go and jump in there, Tradies in Business on Facebook. It's a group. It's closed so that we only let tradies and uh, their supporters in and not a bunch of numpties. Uh, and I'd love to see you in there. It's free. You can get some free tips and advice. And you know what? You could give your mates a hand, help your fellow tradies out. So look forward to seeing you in there. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Looking forward to some of the ones I've got coming up. Got some more cool guests. And hey, if you've got ideas for guests or people that you'd like to hear from on the show, even past guests, give me a yell, drop me a message on Facebook or go and join the group and tell me in there. Hey, there's a thought. Alrighty. Until next episode, hooroo. You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.